when, when COVID hit, we're in Nebraska and it was like, how are we gonna figure it out? And, and my immaturity in those days was more of an aggressive approach with a combination of humor. But, you know, now I start to realize more and more is, is uh, just how, and this sounds dark, but how meaningless life truly is with the things that we seek and desire. Yeah. Because there's a direct correspondence between desire and demons. If you increase your desire, there's going to be increase in, in your demonic, uh, I, I lack of better terminology, just your, just your demonic oppression in life. Because the more you want, the more capacity there's created for pain. Let's go. It, I think this is my first ever third episode with a guest. Third time. Third, your third time. Am I? Third time? I think. Is this your third time, right? We did a second. I think it is the yeah, third we time, a, yeah. We did a first, second, and this is our third. Yeah. It's our, this is our annual tradition. I think we do one a year. Catch up on trips, catch up on life, and uh, just rip, you know? So this is Sam Rosula, best friend, first, first successful individual that I had the pleasure of training in the, uh, excuse me, in the life insurance industry. And, you know, now a senior level manager and just crushing it, traveling the world, making a bunch of money and making moves. And, you know, we's, we've, in a sense, kind of grown up together, you know, because when I came in the business, um, I think I was 18, 19 years old. And then I think a year and a half, two years later, was I was probably, tw what, was I 20, 21 when you met me or was I 21? I think you had right, had just turned 20. Yeah, I think I just turned 20 or... Because yeah, I, I came in, 20. I came in, I met Simon end of 2018. Yeah, I just turned 20. started. Because I think my 21st was in Nebraska when, when we called the police in the hotel. That was, that yeah. was your 21st. Yeah. <laughs> that was that a was crazy, crazy night. <laughs> no! Oh my God. Get it away from him. That was a crazy night. I uh, I don't know what we were doing, but, you know, I, don't, I the, the police ended up coming to the hotel and, you know, we were... We were breaking it in. We were breaking in Nebraska. Yeah. So, funny story. I, I pretended to be asleep in the bed, and they started tapping my boot. And I was, I said, dude, that was. Crazy. I don't know what I said. I was like, oh. oh. Yeah, oh, you were acting like you were calling your mom. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I was calling my mom. I was asleep. So I don't know. We were just being, you know, young dudes messing around. We were throwing a little party. We had just moved out to Nebraska. It was me, Sam, John. Rob and I think Nick Fontana who tried to fight everybody. Yeah. At, you know, <laughs> yeah. A few Let people. him be. Yeah. <laughs> Let him have a Bud Light for his birthday. <laughs> Let him be. That was hilarious. All right. So where did you get back from? Literally just got off a plane from South Africa. Let's go, dude. Yeah. Longest flight of my life. It was like 17 hours. Now, South Africa, you were in Cape Town, right? Yeah. Where did you Cape explore Town. any other places in South Africa? It looked like you went on like a safari. Uh, yeah, I did. It was close. It was like two hours out of out of Cape Town, so it wasn't like yeah. a different part of South Africa. It was just yeah. you know. Were there any like warnings when people were like, "Hey, look, if you go to this town or this area, just be careful. This might happen." Like a anything, it could have been animals, people, like anything to like be cautious about. Yeah, I mean, there's there were parts of the city where people said you should avoid, and then uh, there were wild baboons. Yeah, out and they, so they, they, they say never feed the monkeys. Yeah, there's signs everywhere saying don't 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 feed like any animal. Yeah, don't don't Penguins, interact monkeys. with anything. Yeah, but no, it was crazy. It's crazy, dude. Trip. What's crazy is those monkeys. Even though the ones you were around probably weren't massive, they were probably like 40, 50 pound baboons. Just the strength. Per oh pound yeah, they that could, they have. Yeah, they, they destroy you, you. And the way they're the way they attack, they go for like your appendages. They go for your fingers. They go for your reproductive organs. And your eyes, they just, they're psychotic. Yeah, I was driving, you know, I was driving and I would see these signs of like wild baboons, like don't feed them, whatever. Yeah. And I didn't really think anything of it. And then I like made a turn and it was like right outside of a neighborhood and there was one just sitting on the sidewalk, just <laughs> smoking a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, so it was just, it was crazy, you know, like seeing all the different things there. But um, yeah, there's definitely... Some parts now, where. prior to you going, I was worried because I was like, bro, you got to be careful because my understanding was South Africa is one of the most dangerous countries in the world right now. And, you know, based off the inflation, which you easily displayed by the high class meals you were having that were mm -hmm. 50, 50 U.S. dollars. But, yeah. you know, 2000 or 3000. What, what was the uh, currency called in South Africa? Rand. It was a Rand. 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 Yeah. Okay. Rand. So, you know, 2000 Rands yeah. or, or whatever. 
and uh, you know it was it equated to like 50 US dollars or something like yeah. that. So another thing I saw was I thought there was like some type of electricity tariffs or something where they would shut down the power. Load shedding. Load shedding. Yeah. Okay. So did that happen at all or is that only yeah, for Yeah, different the- different parts of the of the city they would they would cut off the power. Um I experienced that a few times like I would just be in my Airbnb and then just the whole thing would just shut off. But they had like backup lights and you know there were like generators and stuff but in the middle of the night I'd be sleeping and then the whole house, you know, the whole townhouse would come back on and everything would light up. But wow. they like do it in sections so it's not, you know, they there's just not enough power down there, yeah. so they gotta, you know, section it out. See, I don't understand why there's not enough power. I well, I heard one of the Uber drivers. I was talking to him. He was saying it's you know they have the money. It's just that, you know, like the politics or whatever. Very corrupt. Yeah, they just they want to you know. Yeah. They could do it, but now do do people down there speak English or they speak Africans? Both. Yeah. 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 So yeah. they, a little bit of both. And yeah. then the accents, the South African accent sounds a lot like Australian, doesn't it? Yeah. Right? Yeah, it does. It was it was kind of like a, a melting pot. A lot of a lot of people from Europe, a lot of people from Britain. Yeah. You know, all over. What was your favorite part of the trip? It's <sighs> a good question. The weather, I mean, it's it's just it's beautiful down there. I had great weather the whole time. Um Definitely the safari that was sick. Um, just like the views, like the mountains are crazy. It's right next to the water, yeah. which was cool. Um, and just like, you know, the money down there, like you can literally, it's so cheap. It w- It's funny because it's like I w- all these Uber rides that I would take would be like nine bucks. And, you know, the Uber that I took here was $60 from the airport. Yeah. So it was like, you know. But so the U.S. dollar can go just goes. It's still a powerful dollar. Yeah. 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 It's not as powerful in America right now. Yeah. No. <laughs> now, out of all the trips you've taken, is this up there? Top three? For sure. Yeah. It, it out of all the places that I've been, I would say Dubai is definitely like overall, like just in all the categories, my favorite. Yeah. Um, but South Africa, I mean, it would definitely would recommend anyone to go is there any place you haven't gone yet that you want to go yeah there's a bunch of places uh greece new zealand australia australia i'd go to australia yeah i want to go there um i bet that's a longer flight than the flight you just did yeah that the flight that i just took so i did cape town to atlanta that was 16 and a half hours yeah. And then um Atlanta How Chicago. How much was Wi-Fi for that 16 and a half? 10 bucks. <laughs> for the whole for the whole flight. Oh god. No. Yeah. I feel like if you if you originated if it was an American flight, I bet that would be a $100 Wi-Fi yeah. purchase America to. Yeah. But um Now why did you originally fly to Europe first? So I had a so that was a crazy story. So getting to South Africa was a, a whole story in itself. So I left Pittsburgh. So what day did I leave? I think I left you left like a year ago. I know. It, it has been a while <laughs> since I left. So I left Wednesday the 29th. I flew from Pittsburgh to New York. Uh, was in New York. Spent a night in New York. And then I left for Paris on the 1st. So from New York to Paris. Missed my connecting flight in Paris to South Africa. So I was gonna. So I was flying from New How York to South miss- Africa. New York to South Africa. Uh, or... New York to Paris, Paris to South Africa. So I knew I messed up whenever I booked a flight because the connecting time in Paris was an hour. So from New York, and you got to go through passport control. You know, when you go into another country, it doesn't matter if you have a connecting, you still got to go through passport control. So we landed in Paris from New York and we got held on on the tarmac for probably 15 minutes. Yeah. Right? And... I knew I was going to miss the flight. So I'm like running through the airport and they're like, yeah, you missed it. So I go to the, you know, the counter, they rebook me. They're like, you know, you can go to Johannesburg and you would spend like 15 hours there and then would go from Johannesburg to Cape town. Or we can put you on a flight from Paris to Munich. And then you leave from Munich tonight at like 7 PM in a direct from Munich 
to Cape Town, South Africa. So I was like, all right, we'll do that. So I get on a flight from Paris to Munich, Germany, and I don't know how we landed there. The snow was so bad. So we land, and as soon as we got on the ground, I was like, there's no way that I'm, that I'm leaving here. Like, the snow was that bad. So I get off the plane, you know, and I'm, like, waiting five hours at the airport, and then I get to the gate for the flight from Munich, Germany, to South Africa, and they're like, it's delayed, it's delayed, it's delayed, it's delayed, and then they're like, all right, we, we got to cancel it, and it's midnight in Germany. So I have to take an Uber from the Munich airport to a hotel, right? That was $100. So <laughs> I took, so stayed a night in in, uh, in Munich, Germany. They rebooked me for another flight out of Munich uh, that next day to South Africa. I get a notification the next morning. I wake up and I see that my flight from Munich to South Africa that day is canceled. So I go from my hotel so I was like, all right, I got to get to Frankfurt because Frankfurt is a little bit north of Munich, right? Yeah. They're not getting the snow. So I go to this, the train station in Munich, right? And uh, they shut down all the trains from Munich to Frankfurt because I was going to take yeah. a train from Munich yeah. to Frankfurt, which is probably a four-hour train ride. So they shut down all the trains because of the snow. The snow was that bad. So I get another Uber back to the airport, right? Because then I was like, I got to get a rental car. So I took another Uber. So that was another $120 Uber back from the Munich train yeah. station to the airport. So I get a rental car. I drive or I get to the airport in Munich the next day. They close the whole airport. Like they shut down every single flight. They're not taking any more flights in and no flights are going out. Right. Okay. It was the worst snowstorm in Munich, Germany since 2006. So, so I drove, I rented a car, right, which was $700 yeah. to take one way to the Frankfurt airport. So I drove from Munich, Germany to Frankfurt, which was probably four and a half hour drive. So I get to Frankfurt, stay a night in Frankfurt, leave the next morning uh, from Frankfurt to go back to Paris. I'm on the flight and keep in mind my flight from Paris because I had to rebook another uh, flight to South Africa from Paris. So I'm in Frankfurt and uh, the flight's delayed from Frankfurt to Paris. Okay. And I only have an hour w yeah. window in Paris until my next my yeah. flight from Paris goes to South Africa. So we're delayed. So I we finally get going. I get off the plane from Frankfurt into Paris and I am sprinting sprinting through the through the Paris airport yeah. right and that the Paris airport's so big that they have like you know trams that like yes. take people everywhere it's huge like the Dallas airport yeah well you got to get on like a bus uh, and there were probably 100 people <laughs> there were probably 100 people waiting in line to get on this bus to take them to the terminal okay i just kind of yelled in front of everyone i said my flight's leaving in like 10 15 minutes yeah and i just cut all of them so I get on this bus and then they take me to, you know, the terminal I go and I cut everyone through passport at passport control, get through that. And then I make that flight from Paris to South Africa by five minutes. Wow. And then that was a 12 hour flight from Paris to South Africa. And then just this flight that I just got off of, right, yeah. uh, from South Africa to ATL. Yeah, Atlanta. I scan my boarding pass and it starts blinking red. You've already had this flight. Yeah, and they, I'm st and they're like, all right, step to the side. So I'm standing there, and you know it's 15 minutes go by, and like everyone's on the plane. <laughs> it's just me sitting right by the door. And Wait right there, Chappie. <laughs> and and then this guy comes over and he says, "Sir, on our end, it says you've already taken this flight. <laughs> you've already flown to Atlanta." I, and I looked at him. I said, "How does that make sense?" Yeah, I was like. Well, you're looking at me, so obviously I didn't fly to Atlanta. And he was like, yeah, you're right. So, you know, I thought I, I was like, I, I can't miss this flight. Like, yeah. you know, like it's not like a like I miss my flight from Pittsburgh to here or yeah. something like this is a huge flight. So they find they're calling all these people, you know, freaking out, whatever. And finally they, you know, 
get it. I was the last one on the plane, but I didn't think I was going to make it back here for a second. But yeah, so that was it. That this whole experience was definitely my biggest, you know, travel debacle. Yeah, for sure. Now I'm still lost. Why didn't you just fly from like Pittsburgh to Atlanta to? I should have. I should have. You just wanted to pass yeah, in Europe. I just, yeah, I wanted it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I actually contacted Delta before yeah. I left, and I said, hey, I'm concerned I'm going to miss my flight. And they were like, yeah, we can put you on a flight from New York to Atlanta and then Atlanta to Cape Town. And I said, eh, I'll just go to Paris. <laughs> and I missed <laughs> You're my good flight. It, huh? Yeah. I was going to, but... Yeah? No, yeah? It sounded cool when you posted it. You're like, I'm going to New York and Paris. And I'm thinking to myself, because you told me you were just going to you know, South Africa. And I'm like, uh, when did the plans change for you to do like the whole, you know, for a second, I didn't think I was going to be able to leave Europe. Yeah. And, beca- and, and how do you communicate with all these? I mean, you're talking about, you know, multiple different, you, you're, you're, you're in France. So there's French, you're in Germany, there's German, you're in South Africa. It, all they, these, they all have translators for English. Most. So what I've found of like any, really any place that I've traveled, people speak English. Yeah. They're bilingual. Yeah. Or like they can speak it enough to where, you know. Yeah. People, that's why I think America is so weak is because none of us, I bet 90% of Americans are not bilingual. Yeah. If not more. But then you go to another country, most individuals in other countries are bilingual or trilingual or quadlingual, whatever. In their schooling, they're, they're taught a second language. Well, we're taught Spanish. Yeah, but it's like we're like I don't like we never use it though. I know, but that's why I'm saying like I, I think I think there's there's I think there's polarity when it comes to life, and I always bring this up. But whatever, whenever there's a great thing, it's like the way our company's set up. There's a great thing because we have free leads, we have an abundance of leads. But then there's also insurance companies that have zero leads. So it's like there's a handicap to every positive thing perceived, there has to be an equal negative. So if yeah. there's there's light, there has to be dark. So I think there's always some type of opposing force. And I think with America, there's so many awesome things that are just provided to us that it's handicapped us to an extent True. where it's like, everything's handed to us. So now there's there's no need for us to, I saw somebody uh, you know post something the other day, I've been studying the, the US presidents as well. And um, you, when you study these, these presidents up, up until about 100 years ago. So you figure the first, you know, I don't know, 30-something presidents, 40 presidents, all were in educational systems where Latin, Greek, and philosophy were taught from mm-hmm. a very low level up to a high level. And like somebody right. posted the other day, they're like, now you're lucky if you get like remedial English classes. Right, in, right. In college, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, I, I, when I get emails in all the time of people, like especially like in our industry, because it's sales, so like you just, anybody gets hired. And I'm just looking at like, I'm not a very grammatical you know, individual myself, but I'm like, how did you spell this this way? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, this makes zero sense. Yeah. Zero sense. Um, back into the trips though. So where where's the next big trip? Are you gonna do it? Are you gonna do it every year in the fall? Or do you just go with the flow? If it makes sense, it makes sense. When's the next big trip? Where is it? I think twenty twenty four think Greece is going to be in 2024 but now you know now that I have a, a team and stuff like that I'm thinking I'm going to make it like a competition a yeah, shorter bring trip somebody. you know like a sh- oh. shorter than than two weeks yeah. but but bring like maybe yeah. bring someone yeah you know ever since you've known me what have, what's always been my thought on trips personally I mean I, th- I don't like trips yeah after watching the South Africa trip I think I want to take I want to take a trip yeah it's it's <sighs> How do I want to say? There's, I feel like there's some people who who like absolutely love travel, and then there's some people who like it's just not, you know, it's not for them. But kind of going about what you were saying about like education and stuff like that, um, I think that's like one of the things that I've learned through seeing the world. Is there's like, no education like interactive education when you can put your hands on something and there's tangibility to it. Yeah, it's like, the best thing. You just can do. seeing how, just seeing how the world, how other parts of the world operate. Yeah, you know, like I, ne- I would never have known if I haven't traveled. I would have never have known that most people internationally they speak, yeah, they multiple have languages. multiple languages. Yeah, you know, and the mannerisms and just the manners are different. Like I think, have you been to Japan or any type of Asian mm-hmm. country? So, 
that's a place I think I'd like to go. I hear really great things about Japan. Yeah. yeah. Like real and and it's very weird because they contradict with my beliefs on you know firearms. They no, no I don't believe anybody in Japan owns a gun outside of their military yeah. and their police force. Mm-hmm. But they have some of the lowest crime rate in in the world. Now Chicago has massive restrictions on weapons, but has some of the highest crime rates in right. in the world. So it's it's kind of conflicting in my thoughts. But um, I hear great things about Japan. I mm-hmm. think that would be yeah, a I've cool place. Of, yeah. And I, we would be giants there yeah. from what I hear. You're, mm. <laughs> like the average person's like 5'4". Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that'd be yeah. awesome, dude. <laughs> and they like love Americans. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would, I would just tell them I'm Kane Brown or something like, or maybe like, man, I don't know. I'd just say something crazy like, hey, I'm... You know, I'm I'm Donald Trump or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get a bunch of get a get, get them crazy. Oh, you, you remember that one time when I was out here and um, we were calling restaurants to get uh, reservations? Yeah, I probably Rob, the CEO Rob part. was like, it was like I'm with the Kevin Hart like agency <laughs> or something. Yeah, like I'm with the Biden administration. Something stupid, stupid, stupid. Uh. Man, dude, yeah, the trips got me. I think I think these last two have gotten me uh, curious, from Dubai to South Africa. And I think for me, I think I've been lying to myself. I think I love the idea of trips. I think what I don't love is the lack of convenience. I'm a very convenient individual. Yeah. Like yeah. conveniency and consistency is a massive thing for me. So any opportunity where I could save time, like that whole issue. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, you would have hated it. Oh uh, yeah. I I would have. You know, yeah, I, I would have became a political prisoner. You know what I mean? I would have been imprisoned in, in Germany or something from just uh, lack of patience. Um, but man, dude, like I think to myself, Australia would be awesome. But then I also think, man, dude, like getting into another country, like d- is there enough time for you to even like you get overwhelmed with like analysis paralysis. Like I think I would like look up so many different things to do and then get there and then like, oh man, it's too hot. I don't want to go outside or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's, well, to be honest. I want to go I, there. I want to go there. I want to go there. Yeah. When I was, when I was in South Africa, it, I feel like you could get away with like a week, week and a half there. Yeah. I think, I think two weeks was a little bit long for that trip. Um, but yeah, towards the end of it, I was just like, I had nothing else to do because yeah, I did everything, did you know, unless I, there was somewhere else to go in South Africa, but there was really no other place that I needed to go, you know, in there. But Dubai, I think two weeks is because there's endless you, things yeah, to I mean, do there. Can't even endless. imagine. Can't even imagine. What about? Um, I see another agency in our organization is going to Ireland. That sounds cool. My mom's. Mm-hmm. My mom. I'm taking my mom to Scotland in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So we got it planned out for her 60th. It'll we'll, we'll go to Scotland. So, you know that that'll be cool. I'll maybe tell her we got to you know jump over to Ireland too. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know exactly where I was going with this, but what's on my mind right now is w- when you do take these massive trips, for me, I get curious about the food. And I saw you post a lot about the food there. Mm-hmm. What, did you have a favorite experience? Was it, was it like different or was it just like any other high-end restaurant? So I was, I was actually thinking about this when I was out there. So it was like, you know, when, when we first started in the business, it was like, when we would go out to eat, like, to a nice restaurant, you know, like Capitol Grill, yeah. or, like Napa, like, that would be, like, the craziest thing yeah. to us because in Pittsburgh, like, those are, like, the nicest restaurants. Yes. You know? But in South Africa, you know, they, the restaurants that I were going to, it was, like, you know, seven-course, like, dinner, and everything that they would bring out, they would, like, explain everything and the ingredients and all those different things and, like... It was an experience. It wasn't like a, you know, you order a steak at a yeah. nice restaurant. Yeah, you were doing like, like Michelin style restaurants, yeah, it looked like. Yeah, exactly. And the bill would come out to 90 bucks. Yeah. Right. But um, I was going to a lot of those restaurants and some of the best food I've ever had in my entire life. Um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. I would still say Dubai has overall better food, yeah. but the restaurants specifically that I was going to, like, for those, those were like crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was when I was at those restaurants, it just made me think about like when we would go to, you know, yeah. Like, and yeah, we'd yeah be, I'll never like, forget that know. that Florida restaurant we went to and we had that uh older gentleman come up to <laughs> us. He's like, What do you drink? <laughs> that was the, was that the one with the dessert room? Yeah, I think it was the Where, one like, with the we dessert went upstairs room. and it was they were like, like a we room. were like, Do you guys have desserts here? Because that's our thing. We used to get desserts and uh the lady was like, 
Yes, follow us. I was like, follow us? Where are yeah. we going, dude? Like, yeah, it was there was a, a whole, whole room dedicated room. to desserts. Yeah. And I don't think they were like mesmerizing. It was a cool like ambiance, this experience and everything like that. But that dude was so funny. Man. Yeah. So funny. Like out of a movie. Yeah. Literally out of a movie, <laughs> dude. Literally. And I think I just got in the car after that and drove 16 hours back home. That was the funniest. Oh, my God, dude. We have that. We have so many funny memories. Funny, and dude. I remember. So him and I spent about a week. Was it a week? I don't know. Two weeks in Florida. Yeah. That I was... drove. I, I think I no. I drove from Illinois to Florida to meet you yeah. in Tampa. And it was like. No, no, no. We were in. Uh... No, it was Tampa. It was Tampa. Yeah. Oh, maybe it was. Because we went to Tampa. Then we drove from Tampa to Miami for my birthday. Okay. Then we went back to Tampa. But it was like the last night. Yeah. And that was such a fun week. Um and because you you and i would go out you know in person and we would you know sell and then we would come back and then we would just go out to a nice dinner or whatever but i'll never forget this this is the funniest thing ever um so we get done at this restaurant and uh i like valeted my car or whatever and you did too or something and i walk out of this restaurant and like I didn't even like you didn't even say goodbye to me. I just saw your car speed off and he was you were driving back to Pittsburgh. Like it wasn't like I was going to see you later. Yeah. Like he, you just drove off like a 17 hour drive from Florida. We would drive straight through every time. too. Oh, my God. Anytime people complain to me now in regard to the the amount of dials or just resources or anything like that, I always remind myself to what it took. And that's why I asked you to speak to the agency tomorrow that I didn't even tell yeah. anybody. Because just to give give them a picture, and and I think we have to give ourselves pictures as well. Because, you know, sometimes I get caught up. I think I think you're you're not pursuing anything great if you don't go back in your mind, in a, in a present state of mind, and say, man, this sucks right now. Like if you're not if you're not visiting that that mind space probably once a day or a couple times a week of like, man, this sucks right now. You're taking for granted where you used to be. Yeah. And so like, I wouldn't trade where I'm at now, the pain of where I'm at now, for the pain that we had years ago because the pain yeah. we had years ago cost us thousands of miles yeah. to generate half there the was results a lot of we do overhead. now a lot of yeah. overhead and, and and not even overhead financially overhead energetically emotionally like i can't even like i can't explain how much energy we expelled from i mean you like driving and and yeah I, to be honest i don't know i loved it i hated the the driving dude you know like you know how i drove i'd set a movie on and that's the only way i could stay that's awake. what i would do. that's what i would do like when i would do these i i've adopted a lot of on. bad driving habits bad. because of you dude. like we would do these long drives and i would just like take off my shoes, kick my feet up on the dash and like put my <laughs> phone and watch a documentary while driving. Thank God no one ever got injured. But yeah, yeah and we'd always have contests to see who could get there the fastest without getting pulled over. And like, any like, cause we drive pretty much side by side and like, we'd see the lights come on and we'd, yeah. both, we'd both be like, I'm, it's you, you're getting it. And then we'd, be, yeah. we'd both get it. I'm, I'm glad though that, that, well, you experienced two years of it. I only experienced one year of it, but I'm glad that we experienced that. You've got way more miles than me, though. When I clocked out, it was like 150, 200,000 miles. Over two years? Yeah. See, I put 120,000 miles on my car in... My mile IQ said it was a... And that you got to take into consideration, mile IQ went to Nebraska, all those trips. Yeah. So that's probably two, two and a half years. Of, it was like, like 200,000 miles. I put like 120,000 miles on my car in like a year, a little over a year. But I feel like you... Because I did more road trips than you. Yeah, this is my say, second I, year. I was going to say, I think just in general. Though, well, not my like, second year. my Because just driven. Yeah. You didn't track mile IQ, though, did you? No, I just. I had mile IQ. That tracks every mile you've ever oh, driven. Oh, okay. So yeah. t- when, I got, when I got started in 2017, you know, I, I downloaded mile IQ for, for the CPA. You know what I mean? Because then you could turn in the miles and they, they would write off up to half. Yeah, that's what I did. That in 2019. Well, uh, I was going to say, how stupid <laughs> well, did you have it? I didn't, I didn't do the mile IQ thing, but okay. I wrote off the miles. Yeah, you just gave me a like 90% of what we, almost damn near 100% of what we did was in relation to the business. Yeah. So like, okay, you know, I okay. wrote off, I drove 120,000 yeah, miles. We'll just stop talking about taxes for you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you still, when's the last time you've been to LA? Do you? I was just there. Do you still like it? I love it. That's still probably my favorite city in the world. I hear I hear that it's misconstrued in regard to the media says it's destroyed. But then when people that go there, they say there's there's like any other place there's bad places, there's good places. Yeah, I think living there, I don't I don't think it'd be a 
good time living there. Yeah. You know, like the taxes and stuff like that. But or the homeless cost villages. of living. Yeah, like um, I heard a homeless village caught on fire in California here recently. I don't know where all these villages are. Like I don't know where like these where people are saying like you know, yeah, I mean there's yeah, like there's there's like what you said, there's good and, and bad parts to it. Like I've I've been to the really bad parts of Los Angeles. Oh yeah. Um, For what? I was feeding homeless people. I was. What, what were you feeding them? They're not ducks. <laughs> so made it sound like burritos. I, I got bread together. Went down there to the homeless we village. Went, uh, it was this nonprofit where we would make burritos and go give them out to oh, homeless Oh, that people. one. Yeah, I remember when you let them stay at our crib. That was a different nonprofit. Oh, okay. Hopefully, this other one you're talking about. You know, uh, how's it? How, how are the people? Are you still friends with ones from? I don't know yeah. if we can say. Are they still in existence? Yeah. The well one. Yeah. Are, are you friends with? Are you still friends with anybody yeah. from there? Yeah. How are they doing? They're good. Yeah, everyone's good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I still talk to them. That's good. Yeah. Remember that uh, <laughs> that one girl you recruited? <laughs> if heaven ain't a lot like Dixie. Oh yeah. I won't say her yeah. name, but that was uh, uh, that was hilarious. That was Have you heard anything about her? No. No. You should give you should give Joey her her social media tell her to recruit her. That was wild. It's it's funny. So you've been here six years working. Yeah, six yeah, years. Six years. So six years in a month. This is my month. January will be five years for me. It's crazy. I think we always talk about this when when we do this, but it's crazy how quick time goes. Yeah, the years, um, the years fly. And it's like all the people who you come across and who you work with and who you, you yeah. know, just, it's, it's funny how like people come into your life and it's just, it's, every time I, I'm, I have an impression with somebody, even on a very low level, I'm like, Oh, I'll be with this person for years. And sometimes most of the time it's not years. Yeah. It's months, it's quarters. But what's funny is that you never know. Never know. You know, like you yeah. never like, it's the most unexpected. Like I never expected. I always tell you, I never expected, you know, you to, you know, <laughs> be here this I was like, yeah. when we first met, I was like, yeah. I remember like I didn't even talk to you like pretty much the first first couple weeks. You know what I mean? Like, but you're like, oh, I think that is a thing. Like, I don't know if it's just in in this business, but in in life, it's always the people or the things that you least, least expect. expect. I think with with our faith, I think that's I think that's just the way God like shows His consistency in the Word. It's it's always in the the, the least individuals, the least areas of expectation that his biggest blessings are revealed. Yeah. And it's so cool to see, because it's like, even even though we have, yo, who is it? Open the door. I'm trying to do a podcast. You, can, you don't have to pause it. Uh, who is it? Yeah. You all right? Yeah, I'm doing a podcast. You all right? You can come in. What's the matter? Uh, no, that's all right. This is the first. This is the first guy I trained in the What's business. What's up, man? Nice to meet yep. you. All right. So where were we? Talking about. Oh yes, uh, God. The way, I think the way God works in, in just in such mysterious ways, and I think I I always share this at least a couple times a year on what you taught me, and I don't know if you got it from your dad or if you came up with it yourself, but I remember asking you because I was always very biased. I always thought if you didn't come from a rough upbringing. Mm-hmm. One, I, I don't think I had as much respect for individuals that didn't. And two, I didn't think you had a drive to make you successful. I thought it was all inherited. And you you are still to this day the hardest working individual that I've come across pretty much out of out of both sides from, and here's what you told me. We were at dinner and he looked me in the eye and I, and I asked him, I was like, Sam, I, I got to ask you a question. And we've always been like from the beginning, like I didn't have to package it in, in a very like nice way or a yeah. very political way. And I was like, Sam, I need you to tell me, how are you, what what drives you? Because you come from a great upbringing. Your parents are together. They have a loving relationship. Your dad did very well for himself. You never really had to want for anything. You know, you had a significant amount of money saved up, graduating high school, like coming out of school. Like you've always, you've always, you know, just, just you, ha- you had that good, that good typical American childhood dream. Mm-hmm. And he, lo- he looks me in the eye and he says it very simple. He's like, I think you did say your dad. I think you said, my dad told me coming up, there's, there's two types of people in this world. There's one that come from situations like yours and it creates a sense of desperation. And then there's ones of people like myself and there's a sense of inspiration. Mm-hmm. 
And it, it to this day, you know what I mean, it, it reminds me to never judge a book by its cover, whether there's, you know, a good young man or woman that, that had a great upbringing and I'm, a piece of me down deep inside is like, man, you didn't go through what I went through. But I always go back to that lesson and that message and that impacted me for the rest of my life, Yeah, I feel. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. You never know what is in someone's heart, like where. I it, when I first started here, it was almost like, and I know it's the same for you. It it didn't feel like like I had to like, yes, I had to put in a ton of effort, yeah. but it was almost like there was this force behind me. It just was like fun. Yeah, like it yeah. was just like it was almost like this flow state. Like yes. it was just like yes. like we were staying up late, we were working like crazy, we were yeah. doing everything, but it didn't feel like work. Like yeah. it didn't feel like it wasn't it wasn't I wish we documented it more because we were so passionate in the process. There wasn't much documentation as there is now. I, I often think about that first year, yeah, 2019, man. and how special that was that year. year. Just like there was just this like magic that year. Yeah. Because I think it, I, in, I think for the both of us, we both knew what was ahead of us. Yeah. Like how, how special our future yeah. was, like how, how, how great. After that, like what was coming, you know, like I knew whenever I met Simon for the first time before, well, before I talked to him. Is that your car outside? <laughs> yeah, it is. You show me proof it's your car. I swear to God, I, I drop out of college. I get my job. I work for you right now. I knew, I knew if I didn't speak to him, I knew, I knew I was going to miss something big. Yeah. And it was just like that Nobody first comes year. Up to me. Huh? Me driving that stupid truck. <laughs> is that your stupid truck outside? <laughs> you garbage man? <laughs> But, well, that's, you know, it's like, I don't know. When when people first start, that's I guess that's one of my, like, biggest pieces of advice, or I don't know, but it's like, cherish your first year here. Cherish every year that you're here. Yeah. But, like, there's something really special about yeah. your first year here. It's like a honeymoon phase. It's like that yeah. first year of a relationship where you just are, like, you're down to do anything. And well, it, you, it doesn't have any type of energetic charge like it's just like you are like you said that flow state of like you have this infinite source of just energy of like i can go all day and all night you know that you're going to be married to it like yeah. if it like the people who are who are going to be here long term you know that you're going to be married to special. it special like you know it's it's going to be a a long-term thing in your life it's going to yeah. be for a significant amount of time in your life and you know what what has come from all this is you know, the financial, the the money and everything like that, that's been amazing. But like really what I've gone what I've gotten from this, and no one can ever tell you this before someone starts here, right? You just have to experience it for yourself is just the wisdom, the knowledge that you're gonna get, the personal development, the opportunity to help people and just the deep connections and relationships that I have with people like that yeah that it's I'd say the relationships is number number one for me because yeah. every year the more I read the more I learn all of the wisdom knowledge all of those you know, mentorship and all of the development I'm just like I would take less of that just for more of of people like you more relationships yeah. more time because I think with the right relationships I've, I've just especially over this last year of, of getting different individuals on the podcast I've had just absolute buffoons on my podcast that are just extremely wealthy yeah. financially, but their relationships and connections that they have that are deep, genuine relationships have just propelled them to a level in life. Yeah. That is honestly a thousand times further than we are when it comes to, to business. And it's all because of the connections yeah. that they have. So it's like, I don't know, it's, man, you can't force it, but like it's almost the deeper your connections are with people. And it's like, you know, you don't, that it, it's just a byproduct, right, of, yeah. of these relationships. Like it's, you know, the things that will come from relationships with people. But it's like what you said, the most important thing is that genuine relationship with someone and, you know. Yeah, man. 
It's deep, dude. It's really deep, man. Um, man, I'm, I'm still so caught up in these trips. I'm, I'm so curious on like, do you, now will you do any littler trips in the first, second quarter? Is there anything small? I'd say, I think that's something that we did really well uh, in Nebraska was, remember we did the quarterly trips, yeah. we'd go to Arizona. So yeah. I think that's a good thing for, for you to incorporate into your business is, you know, like, you know, telling your guys, hey, look, first quarter, or just make sure, you know, you unite with your, with your you know, leaders over there. And it's like, hey, get together with the guys, tell them to pitch in. You, Brody, Joey, you guys could put together a sick yeah. trip. There's cool, there's cool things to do still in America. I know you've been to like every state. Have you been to every state? Majority of them. I mean, Alaska would probably be a, 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 an extensive trip, probably too far. But like Utah, some of those Midwestern places, there's some cool things to the do. United out there. States is one of the most beautiful yeah. countries in the world. It, there's just so many different. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to get done. Dude. Yeah. But yeah, I think that would. I think that, I don't know, man. Experiences with people is an underrated, compelling incentive. Yeah. Of, not everybody always wants to participate. Some of your top performers, like myself, where it's like, I don't want to be jarred for my routine. But with the right people, I'd, I'd go to Kansas. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you meet you, Brody. Well, I've seen you. I'd go to Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> you know, I've, I've, how you were saying, like, you're not the, uh, that big of a fan of um, traveling. You know, I've been, I've traveled with you before. Yeah. And it's funny because it's like, you, you do what, you love to do like on those trips like something that you and i love to do is we love to go out to eat like we love yeah. to experience, oh, you know yeah. go to restaurants, to restaurants and you know um anytime we've been on a trip it's always been like let's try to find the best restaurants in yes. that city or you know whatever yes. it is um but no we've we've had a blast on on those trips and and traveling like not only does it do it it does a couple things like for me Right. Not only do I feel like I'm, I grow as a person because I feel like I, I grow when I'm in those, like you're on your own kind of thing. Like, yeah. you know, like I'm, it was in Europe, like all hell's breaking loose. Like, you know, I'm trying to get out of Germany, all these different things. But, um, you know, from like a business standpoint, especially in, in our industry, it's like, you know, I've gone on all these trips, right. And I think I've done a decent job of documenting and sharing on social media and stuff like that. And as a byproduct and what I've learned through this is, or what I've found out is that, you know, a byproduct of me traveling and sharing all this is from a recruiting standpoint, right. Yeah. Like sharing that with people. Cause it's like, I know there's people who love travel as much as I do. Right. And I know like if I, if let's say I came across someone's Instagram or, you know, whatever, and they're traveling all over the place, whatever, that would be intriguing to me. Yeah. Right. So it's like, that's the other benefit is that's, what's cool about our, our business is that you can incorporate, you know, what yeah. you're passionate about into helping your business. Yeah. As long as you're willing to market it. Right. A lot of people do cool things and not market it. And so it's just like, for the most part, it's just surface level, but it's all right, whatever you want to do. That's so in terms of, cause we talk a lot about like investing in, in our business and stuff like that. That has been by far the biggest investment that I've made is the traveling. These travel, yeah, yeah traveling yeah, and then, you know, sharing. You probably spent six figures over the last minimum over the last five, at least minimum five years of if you looked at all your traveling. It's got to be close to yeah six figures in general. Yeah, all expenses associated. Yeah. Have you been to Hawaii? No. Wow. No. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Hawaii taken care of. Yeah. Who are you gonna bring as a plus one? You know, yet? I don't know. I don't know yet. Yeah. I don't know who I'm gonna bring. Okay. Yeah, I gotta figure that out. My parents got married in Hawaii. Oh yeah, and yeah. that's where your dad used to do his presidents clubs. Yeah, that's what he told me. <laughs> <laughs> there was a a parrot at their wedding. It was my parents and then a parrot. And oh the, man, I'd love to have a parrot. Yeah, just a talking parrot right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I think I think you should get a parrot. Yeah, you got the tortoise. You got the tortoise. We could make a jungle in here. What what's been the biggest I don't know if you've had time to reflect. What's been the biggest lesson for you so far for 2023? Hmm. I learned how to read. <laughs> um so 2022 last year I was just 
personal producer I was just selling. This year I had was really, really, really in leadership. Transitioning from 2022 to 2023, I was very nervous to get into leadership. Um, again, I was like, you know, because I was in leadership before and then, um, but for some reason, 2022 going into 2023, I was very nervous getting back into it. Um, and what I quickly learned was that everything prior to this year has prepared me for yes. this year in terms of leadership. Like I, I just, I was afraid of doing it, but I was, once I got into it, I loved it. Yeah. And, you know, it's like how we talk about, you know, you go through things in life and at the time you might not know what it's doing or like what, like, you know, how is this helping me? Yeah. It might be framed as, you know, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me or whatever. But then when you come to those points in your life where skill is required, it's like a light switch. You see like, okay, like all that adversity yeah. and everything, like that's what this was preparing me for. So I felt leadership was just very like, I felt ready for it. Yeah. You know, like. What are you most excited for for next year? More leadership, just scaling. What's the, what's the detailed vision? Like, it, like, you know, I think, I think what I, what I've, you know, over the years gotten better at is being more precise at, mm -hmm. at the, at the vision. I'm not a very logical individual. You know, I don't like to break down the exact number of the exact day and more so relationships, you yeah. know, more of a emotional, passionate person. But I would say the logic behind it, like what's the, the numbers in mind or the people in mind? What's the vision? You know, you, I feel like you've got a vision on your trips, New yeah. Zealand, Australia, Greece. Well, what's the vision for the trip of business? Right. Like where, where is it for you next year? So next year, um, at least a million team production, um, including myself in that. So personal production, I want to do at least 250. Who's your, who's your right hand individual that you is going to be your nucleus to help you drive that? Uh, Gavin and Angelo. Gavin and Angelo. Yeah. Yeah. What motivates them? Angelo is his family. It's how much he wants to help his family. He's Italian? Yeah. 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 Angelo is one of the same with Gavin. I mean, Gavin is the both some of the most hard, like the hardest working people I know. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the thing is they have a huge why behind them. Um, Big Italian family. Yeah, but just building through them, you know, and developing them, you know, it's funny because it's like what I noticed this year is like when you're managing a large team, right, you need leaders to lead other people. Yeah. Right. Because you're not you're ineffective if you're if yes. you're the sole leader of a bunch yes. of people. So it's like developing, you know, more developing them um, into leadership, just um, helping them grow, but yeah, a million team production with myself included it's next year. But. So my next question is I'm, I'm finishing up this book right now called Choose Your Enemies Wisely by Patrick David. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, this has been a very key thing for growing my career in general is always having somebody or something that's motivated me on an aggressive level mm -hmm. to go out and do more, do better and become better. Mm -hmm. Who is that? What is that for you in 2024? Something that motivates me? Yeah, some an enemy, something that has, has wrong, someone or something that has wronged you and motivated you. Like for instance, I can think of, you know, something that happened to yours is um, someone reaching out and just kind of condescendingly speaking to me in regard to, you know, how, how I can improve on a specific you know, topic, almost not related to the business, but, uh -huh. but semi-related to the business. And so that is, I've created that in my mind as a w way worse than it actually transpired. It was, a, it, it was honestly in reflection, it was a good thing that transpired that was mm -hmm. needed, but I've created it in my mind and fabricated it as like just an absolute, you know, attack. And that's a, a chip on the shoulder that I'm going to add into next year to 
you know, inspire me to do more. I think back to my principal telling me I'm going to end up like my dad, just in jail. All the people that laughed, doubted, hated, and and anything that's kind of transpired from past, internal, like what is it that's going to really? I think that person for me is myself. Yeah. Like, because I've been so I've been here five years. I've 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 had a, an interesting, you know, path. Um, I've had very high points and very low points. Um, and you know, you look back, it's like the longer that you're here, the easier it is to be here. Yeah. You become more calloused, right? Yeah. Like it's just, it, adversity comes, you've been through it. Like you've just, yeah. you know, but you know, I would, I would say that person for me is myself because it's like, I don't, I don't really have any like. No one, there are people who could say things that would, you know, get me going or, you know, whatever. But it's like, what I really look at is the person who I don't want to be. Yeah. Right. Like I, cause I've been the person I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. And I've also been the person who I do want to be. Yeah. And I never want to go back to the person I don't want to be. Yeah. Right. So, um, I don't know if that makes sense, but it makes sense. like that, you know. Because I'm able to look back on that. Um, but I would say just, and that's every year. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Is there anything new that you're kind of tapping into? Books, podcasts, things that just have your attention, other habits, hobbies? <clears throat> just a lot of continued development in leadership and actually applying it, mm-hmm. right? Because it's one thing to to read about leadership but it's it's different to actually live it you know but it's it's cool to see where where it intertwines right like okay you read about it now you're you know experiencing it and that's the other thing is like with experience i think that's the best teacher that there possibly is is because you know i've been through a lot in the business and um i'm i can be very relatable to someone yeah. you know deal canceled okay that's happened to me yeah. like you know like i feel like everything's crumbling okay that's happened to me Beaver you association know? Leads. yeah so it's like i've i've been like <laughs> i've been i've been through it you never ran the beaver association no. the raccoon the raccoon yeah we got the we beaver got the so- raccoon trappers association raccoon trappers beaver associations got it all brother um pittsburgh scene Anything new out there, food-wise? It's not anything see, new, fun to do out there. It's I don't think I feel it, like it's a dying city. Yeah, it's not like it's not like New York or Chicago where yeah, it's, it's like way more stuff to do here. I'm surprised I don't do more, but I jet ski probably once a weekend last last summer. Yeah, and not on that stupid Mahanga Naylor River, whatever yeah. you guys have, like Lake Michigan. Yeah, excuse me, jet skiing out here. Sick, dude. Food out here, sick. You know what I mean? We, we go up to this special place uh, on Lake Michigan. It's a special entry. Me and Dave are going up there. And it you feel like you're on, like, I've been to, is it like, where is it? Is it like Anaheim? I think it's in, like, Washington, D.C. or some type of, like, mm-hmm. like harbor up there. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels like a luxury type of, like, cove. Really? You know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. they got, they have like a beachfront. It's the only naturally sanded place mm-hmm. on Lake Michigan. And I mean, they got phenomenal seafood, like high class hotels yeah. right on the, right on the waterfront. There's a diversity of wealthy individuals that are just like kind of blue collar minded. Cause it's in a pocket of just mm-hmm. like, just like open minded, like hardworking, wealthy people that have, have earned a significant amount of money and it opens your eyes and you're out on the water, you're having a great time. And uh, Chicago's a scene. I don't like the the nightlife in inner city party scene. It's uh, a lot of just young kids just drinking and partying mm-hmm. and they monetize off of it. There's a lot of club promoters here. I don't know if Pittsburgh yeah. has this, but there's like club promoters and it's almost like they've developed like this club promoting MLM type deal where they, You'll get a bunch of like I'll get like girls DMing and different things yeah. like that, and I'm like, oh, she likes me, and then I come to find out she's a club promoter or something. She's like, yeah, okay, well, just come meet me at the club, five thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not buying yeah. the table. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's, I think it's not the case. I mean, with Chicago, like any of these major cities, right? New York, Chicago, Miami, L.A. They're 
hubs of the world. Yeah, they right? are. Like, so it's, I, f- I feel like, you know, that's the difference between Pittsburgh and Chicago is like, you can't, like, no one's, like, I had a, my connecting flight or back in the U.S. was to Atlanta. Like, there's yeah. no, like, I, I've never flown an inter- international flight that brought me back from where I was at internationally straight back to Pittsburgh. So it's like you connect in these hubs and, like, yeah. these hubs are where it's always, like, changing constantly, you know, like, the food scene, the, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's always changing. This dude just texted me some weird text. <laughs> Something about there's a new law out. <laughs> Federal Communications Commission regulates interstate and international communications by radio. Let's see what the new FCC law is. New FCC law. Under the new rules, the commission will now have the authority to red flag certain numbers, which requires mobile carriers to block text from the numbers. Regulators are also making it illegal for telemarketing text to be sent to numbers on the do not call registry. So he's asking me if this is going to affect our business. I'm just going to say, to best of my knowledge, no. (laughs) (laughs) Just get more referrals. That's the best thing you could say as a sales manager. I love just making memes of myself. <laughs> when, the, when you're asking like, hey man, I'm really feeling down. The sales manager's automatic response. Just get more referrals. Could be absolutely zero, like yeah. zero relation to yeah. sales. Yeah, it's all right. Just get more <laughs> referrals. <laughs> yeah. My dog's dying. Get more referrals. My leg fell off. Get more referrals. I got COVID. Get more referrals. That's just, something that you've always been good at. In leadership is is the humor. Yeah. You know? I have to be because I get so, like, internally, I'm just as scared, uh, I think, for a moment at when, when people ask, like, when, when COVID hit, we're in Nebraska, and I was like, how are we going to figure it out? And, and my immaturity in those days was more of an aggressive approach with a combination of humor. But, you know, now I start to realize more and more is, is uh, just how, and it sounds dark, but how meaningless life truly is with the things that we seek and desire. Yeah. Because there's a direct correspondence between desire and demons. If you increase your desire, there's going to be increase in in your demonic, uh, I, I lack of better terminology, just your, just your demonic oppression in life. Because the more you want, the more capacity there's created for pain. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because there's a lot. When you look at individuals, there's two ways to have zero pain in this life. Essentially, it is to be a monk, to want nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, you still experience physical pain or to just not to exist. I was thinking in the sauna the other day, I was like, how do I get rid of all the stress and the pain? And I'm like, well, the only place that there's an absolute absence of stress and pain would be heaven. And the only way to heaven is through death. So I would have to die to null and void all of this stress and pain. And so there's beauty in it again, because it goes back to that with every, with everything, there's an opposite to that thing with Mm -hmm. every dark day there's a light day ahead with every dark season with every breakup there's a new love ahead with with every charge back there's a new deal ahead yeah. with every person that left you there's there's a new person ahead and especially when you get into sales a lot of people get into this dogmatic mindset of when people leave you that like we could no longer be friends again or, or something like that i'm like when did when did you prior to sales did you ever own somebody you know yeah. what i mean and then you get into sales and you like think you own people like mm-hmm. even as as uh, business owners, entrepreneurs that even aren't in sales, like if you do research on Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and these people we aspire to be like, and I want to be the next richest man or woman in the world. And it's like, do you know how how many things are going in and out of them? Things are just revolving from relationships. Yeah. Multiple, just, you know, it's not my aspiration, but different wives from breakups to like different executives and replacing boards and different lawsuits and all of this pain and stress mm-hmm. But we just look at the positivity and the presence that they have in, in this world and the power that they have. And so I think for me, it's really, I really try to think like that now and push my perspective out to an extent of like, okay, when I'm 85, 95, 105 years old, hopefully, and I'm looking back on my life, will, will any of this matter? Like, will I be thinking about how well this podcast episode did? Will I be thinking about, was I better than Mr. Beast in media? Will I be thinking about, did I beat all the insurance industry records? Will I be thinking about all the money that I had? I don't think so. I think I'll be thinking about the relationships and missing my mom, my sister, missing, you know, whoever's like, 
not in my life, children, like just knowing that it's come to an end. Yeah. So it's like, if that's going to be my end all feeling, why don't I just laugh? Yeah. Why don't I just laugh right now? So I think, I think my next, my question for you then, because you, you, you have this balance between that and then execution and getting things done and results. So, you know, I think that there is a fine line that someone or an area in which you have to be in to where you have to have that mindset to where you don't stress yourself out crazy, but also to where you're not like falling behind. So I think that's a question for you. And maybe you could touch on that. It's like, okay, so how do you then have both? It's almost like where you care, but don't. I'm expressing people to essentially not care because if you're a hundred years old and none of this matters, then somebody watching this might take it as, okay, well, I might as well live this hippie mindset. You know what I mean? And I, I would classify myself as a, like, as a, essentially like a hippie entrepreneur, someone that understands that what I can't control is going to happen. It is what it is. What I can control, I apply that entrepreneurial mindset. And I think when I self-diagnose my emotional well-being and how I operate the well, the way that I do, mm. again, it's 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 all the way my life has been constructed and destructed has wired me into the man that I am from all the relationships that have been broken. And I think a big piece of it is I think I, I miss that I didn't have, I feel like... Uh, Statistically, individuals that grow up in my situation, which is more than 50%, without a dad in the house, I, I think 80 to 90% of us end up with a, almost 100% end up with a poorer education. 80 to 90% end up way more likely to end up incarcerated. Just there's no fulfillment in their life. But I think when I break it down to very simple terms, I feel like I just miss, I miss that. I wish I, wish I would have had a dad. And I think that it compels me because now I have this fear of, I wonder, because he doesn't talk to me. And I, I always have this deep down inside of like, I think where I'm driven so hard is I hope, you know, maybe if he did care about me, that I made him proud, you know? Mm. And I think it's like, even now thinking about it, it hurts. Because uh, I know my mom's very proud of me, but you know, I could see like my sister too. She's very, very, whatever happens, happens. But whatever doesn't happen, you know what I mean? Doesn't happen, it's not within my control. So. But I think deep inside when I like self-diagnose, because a lot of people want to avoid the issues of their childhood. Everyone, yeah. I don't care who you are, the, like the more surface level your scars are, I think it, because I would relate to somebody like that, it just tells me it was, it was a little easier for you to go through what you go through. But when you look at like a cut, a cut heals, you know, externally. Mm-hmm. But when you have cancer, it's months of chemotherapy and internal scarring and destruction. Yeah. And someone that's gone through things that doesn't reveal what they've gone through, it's like they're holding in a cancer. And it's mm-hmm. like what the Bible says, there's, there's phrases, it's like when you hold in envy and pain and, and all of these things that aren't of the Lord, that aren't positive and healthy and loving, it creates almost a disease within you. And so I think for, for me, it's like trying to expel that so I don't hold that in. Because I look at individuals and I'm like, I know you're holding something in. Because I used to think adversity was just surface level, but now I know the deepest and most painful adversities are mental. Yeah. You know, when people, it's like, and, and I'm not a big advocate of, oh, the, the mental health. And it's like, no, listen, just shut up and face what you went through. Mm-hmm. Tell us what you went through, and then let's come up with a plan on how you're going to work out of it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you don't have to put on a front anymore. And I think that's what I try to challenge myself is like, what did you go through? How can you fight it? And then when I come up with that combination and solution, it's usually just an energy that just motivates me to want to go make myself proud, this alternate reality of my dad proud because he didn't make my mom proud and and really, you know, uh, my faith as well. Just like I want to make Jesus proud of me. So I think those things are the compelling side and then I balance out with the contentment side yeah. of I'm just grateful to have another day. There was, I think, this is a long time ago I posted this. Um, it talked about like you got to give 100% and then whatever happens, just be okay with it. Yeah. Right. It's like yeah. you gotta, like, you can't have the sole mindset of like whatever happens happens. Like you gotta control it. Yeah. But then once it's out of your control, then you can't have any relation yes. to it. Like there's, you can't have any attachment to it. Yes. Right. So I think that's like to sum up what what you just said. What's like give a hundred percent, control as much as you control, but whatever happens. Yeah. Just let it be. That's what it is. Yeah. You know? 100%. Um, 
Yeah. What's the biggest thing? Because we got dinner. What's the biggest thing you would leave the audience with that that has just compounded in your mind over the years into who you are today? If you had to leave the world right now with one thing, leave your children with one thing, and it it, it has to be intangible. It can't be like, oh, I'm sending everybody a hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Like, what what are you leaving everybody with? What's what what do you got for us? Who we interact with, um, just, I don't know, it, the more that I'm alive, the more that I see what always comes to the, the forefront of everything is just relationships with people. Yeah. So crucial. Just in, but like how special that is. Yeah. You know, like. The human experience, yeah, you know, um, and just how much you can help each other, how much you can help the world through yeah. just experience through through relationships, positive relationships. Yeah, thousand percent. I was so scared when you paused and then kind of drew out the who. I was like, is he gonna say who let the dogs out? <laughs> and I was gonna lose it. I was like, who let the dogs out? I was like, this idiot. Um, guys, another episode of Adversity Kings. Third time guest, Sam Marzula. Next year, be tuned in. Yep. Who, where's he gonna go? Make your predictions. Yep. I'm hoping he goes to Australia, and I'd like to try to go if he goes to Australia. I wanna wrestle a koala or something, you know what I mean? And just fight it for a eucalyptus or something. And, uh, you know, see, actually, you got to be careful with wrestling them. I heard they all have a disease. Um, do your research on it, though. You know, <laughs> but, but uh, yes, another yeah. episode of Adversity Kings. If you guys are interested in getting into sales, mentorship, life development, this is somebody that's made over seven figures being in sales over the last five years, you know, President's Club, many awards, and just an overall good human being. Please DM Sam Marzula. I'm gonna have his Instagram in there for you guys. Media team, you know what to do. Shout out the media team behind behind the camera. We got John Zaleski. We got All Caps Media. You, every single one of you, from Dion to Ruben, and and Dion and Ruben, you guys let everybody know. When if hopefully if you see up to this part, I thank you and I appreciate you for everything you've done to grow this podcast. We had a phenomenal year. I think we for two years in existence, we've done over 200 episodes, and they've worked with me. We've lost probably 20% of the episodes from errors on my end to technical errors. Just, you know, we've grinded to get to where we're at. And, you know, now we're averaging over 100,000 views a month. I know people do 100 million views a month, but we're doing 100,000 views a month. And uh, we've come a long way. We landed a bunch of big guests this year. But these are always my favorite, favorite episodes because I don't associate quality to a title or to power. Again, quality for me, just like Sam ended it with, is is the relationship. Quality of the relationship is going to determine the quality of the episode. So this mm -hmm. is favorite episode pretty much every year so far. So next year, we'll see when he takes his trip, and we'll we'll have him come right out here, and we'll be the first one to recap it. So yeah. until we see you again, podcast, peace. <laughs>